On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I had a chance to chat with Fran Dunaway from Tomboy X. Man, what an amazing conversation about serving a specific niche, um, creating a product that just wasn't out there in the market, and then scaling up massively. Uh, this company um, is incredible. I loved this conversation, and I feel like I made a new friend. You guys are going to love it. Before we begin, I wanted to let you know something super exciting. We have rebranded our podcast to be the Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand Podcast. We're so excited about this because we want to bring you the most amazing content when it comes to your e-commerce business. We want to help you scale. All of that being said, we have an amazing resource that we want to share with you. It's calculators, marketing calculators to figure out how much you can afford to spend on your marketing. We've got three different calculators on the website. So go to mindfulmarketing.co slash marketing-calculator. Now, on to today's episode. All right, we are live. I am here with Fran from Tomboy X. Welcome to Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Nice to see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is again one of those interviews where I feel like I could have talked to you for like an hour before just chatting and stuff, but uh, well, let's, let's just get this on, you know, on camera or on uh, on audio and, and and we'll have our conversation right here. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> awesome. So tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do, friend. I am the CEO and co-founder of Tomboy X and it's a gender neutral underwear apparel company uh, based in Seattle, Washington. Cool. Cool. Awesome. So let me know, like, did you have some sort of, was there some sort of need that you saw in the market uh, or some sort of gap? Like what, why did you start this? What was this just for yeah. fun? <laughs> um, it was for fun. And it, we, we started this underwear company because I wanted a cool button up shirt. So uh, the need for okay. me was, <laughs> was the lack of, uh, of nice shirts uh, made for women. And I could find the high quality fabrics in the menswear and they're like a Robert Graham or a Ben Sherman that had the fun details around the collar and the cuffs and just really nicely made. And, and, uh, you know, the fast fashion world of, of female clothing at the time was, was just not doing it for me. And so, um, my wife and I, uh, she, I guess she got tired of hearing me complain about it. And one day said, well, how can it, hard can it be to start our own clothing line? And so we kind of jumped into it with the thought it would be a little side project that okay. we would run out of our garage, but, uh, you guys white both space, jobs at the time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We had, uh, we had very good jobs. We were very happy in our careers. We had, uh, paychecks, vacations, um, you know, perks, things like, uh, things that uh, entrepreneurs don't typically have for the totally. first few years. So, yeah. so it was, it was a big leap, but the white space that we found really was, um, was the need for clothes that were kind of more in the gender neutral area where we started hearing from women and girls around the world that were so happy that the, that there was a brand for them because they understood, they recognized themselves in the word tomboy. And yeah. so really yeah. our opportunity was in the brand. And, and that's when we started thinking, rethinking what we were building. Cool. Cool. So did it start as tomboy X? Is that, was that the first, iteration of the brand? It did. It was Tomboy Exchange and we shortened it to X. Uh, yeah. and, uh, and we, for about the first year we were curating, we had our shirts, we, we did a Kickstarter campaign 
and uh, paid for production. We raised seventy six thousand dollars in in thirty oh, days, awesome. and so put our shirts into production. What and great validation, Fran. Exactly. Like, I, yeah, Kickstarter. What a great way to be like, well, is this gonna work? Are people gonna actually like this? Exactly. That was that was our thought, and and so we set the goal high that would actually pay for the shirts in production. But it was really with, within the first week that we started recognizing the power of the brand name mm. and that we had an instant brand recognition, which is really hard to find. I mean, you know, it, 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 there are a lot of brands that come out with a, a unique name, but then they have to kind of establish what that means. Well, people were seeing themselves in the name and we were just fortunate to be able to trademark it. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's great. I know it's, it's actually surprising that like only that was six years ago that you were able to get seven, that. Seven years ago, we did that. We, we've been in underwear six. Wow. And were you guys in branding before? Or like, uh, how, did, how did that come about? We didn't know a knit from a woven or a P&L from a balance sheet. So we had a lot to learn. <laughs> and uh, so we just, we just blindly jumped in and started uh, educating ourselves and meeting with people who would, uh, you know, let us buy them a beer or coffee and, and pick their brains. And, and we just figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe that'll be the name of this episode. Buy them a beer. (laughs) It's so true though. Like you can get so much um, from just helping other people out or, or even asking like people will want to, you know, if if you go buy them a beer, people will want to tell you how they did it. Right. Most, Most people don't like to keep all of that close to their chest. I've got a few friends that, you know, they're in some manufacturing that's interesting and, you know, they want to like, don't want to let, let anybody into the back of their, their warehouse and stuff. And I'm like, whatever, if somebody's going to spend, you're going to have to spend 700 hours figuring out how to actually make this work. So right. go ahead, check it out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, we've, we've always been very transparent along our journey as well, but, but you're absolutely right. I remember when someone actually took me, took us into his warehouse. He had built a, a children's clothing company up to be, very large and he took us up and up the up the stairs and had us look down over the warehouse and said someday you'll have this as well and we just thought no way and now we do so it's kind of crazy wow wow that's great so you guys operate out of seattle mainly or do you have uh, any other places we are seattle based we have a couple of remote employees that uh that are working for us well we're all remote right now with covid but uh yeah. And our our distribution center, we contracted out. We did it ourselves for the first few years. And then in 2016, we moved it to Las Vegas. Oh, okay. So you have a, a third-party distribution in Las Vegas. Correct. Cool. Do you mind, just because that, that's actually not something we've ever really talked about on here before. Um, most of the brands that, that we chat with actually do their own distribution. What, um, what sort of advantages were there? And what was that process like transferring over to a third-party distributor? Oh my gosh. Um, you know, we, we debated it uh, for quite a while in terms of whether to keep doing it ourselves. And really it boiled down to if, did we want to get good at marketing and building a brand yeah. or did we want to get good at logistics? And we didn't yeah. feel like we had the bandwidth to do both. And we're, we're the type that if it wasn't if, if it's not being done right, we're going to want to dig in and do it right. So it was really just about what we, what we wanted to uh, become experts at. So we knew that there were people out there. Now that's not to say we, uh, I, I, I said that we moved to 
Vegas in 2016. We actually moved to our first 3PL in 2016, which oh, was okay. in Blaine, Washington. Ah, and uh, and they right were us. yes, exactly. And um, they were really more wholesale. They didn't understand the e-commerce customers, so okay. we moved out of there. And then we moved and had a nightmare experience with an, with our second 3PL, and then finally moved and have landed with one that we that we really like. I feel like there's some there's some nuggets of wisdom in there for people um, when looking for a 3PL um, if that's what they want to do. So so there's a few different options, right? So you can actually go to an actual 3PL, or you I mean uh, the other option is uh, fulfilled by Amazon FBA. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have them fulfill your uh, your stuff as well. But making sure that you go to somebody who actually gets ecom and the mm-hmm. the type of volume that e-commerce stores do comparatively to a wholesale shop where it's like we're packing, you know, 70 items at once. Um, right. And, and especially because you, if, if you care about your customer experience and for us, our customer is everything and we want them to feel seen and heard, you know, this is really a, a core customer base that's never been seen and heard or recognized in the fashion industry. So it was important to us to have them feel that touch when they, when they receive their product. And so a, a wholesaler is used to throwing a bunch of stuff in a box and shipping it out. Well, we have, we want this card to go in there. We oh, want to be able, it's, it's just, um, it's, it's just a, a very different experience. And, and the same we do some Amazon FBA, but yeah. uh, only a limited amount because again, we want that customer experience and touch point and be part of the journey is, is to engage with us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's super cool. So let's talk about from, from that moment, I'm, I'm kind of picturing that moment where you're looking at this children's clothing brand, you're looking at the big warehouse that he's got. Um, and you're saying like, oh, we could never do that. What was the marketing journey from, from that to where you guys are at now? How, how did you guys get there? Oh my gosh. It has been a wild ride. Um, we, <laughs> six we or seven actually, years in the making. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where do I begin? Um, you know, at the, at the beginning, as I said, we didn't know, uh, didn't know what we were doing. And so really we're just kind of, I would, I would get up in the morning literally and, um, turn on Facebook ads, hit our goal and then turn them off. And so that was a sophisticated, and um, we've gone through, you know, various um, marketing teams as we grow and our needs change and our demands change. And now we've got, gosh, I don't even know how many. <laughs> and uh, everything from a marketing analyst that is, that is uh, doing a lot of uh, very specific work on our customer insights. And uh, it's, it's just highly sophisticated now. And we, we know exactly what every single channel is is uh, uh, you know what the output is, what the return on on uh, our our spend is, and so it's it's just really grown uh, tremendously as as we've understood and and honed in on what's important. But I also think it's really uh, a good lesson for people to understand and recognize not to bite off more than you need right now. Mm. So spoon feed yourself instead yeah. of trying to be where we are seven years later from the beginning. You just have to take things incrementally and and build on what you're you know figure out what's urgent, what's important, and let the rest go. Mm, mm, that's great. That might be one of the the biggest lessons that I've learned um, from Seven Habits of Highly Effective People is just that they've, they've he's got the quadrant right, and you never want to be in those urgent quadrants. 
right? Right. Always right. as the CEO, as the owner of your, your company, you never want to be in urgent places, right? You always want to be in important, right? Important yes. and not urgent. And if you can live in that, you're going to build incredible things and you're going to be able to deliver like an incredible product. And for you, you're serving a market that, that has historically been underserved, mm -hmm. correct? Like correct. where it's just not, it's not this mass market, especially for, for what you guys are doing. It's not this frilly, um, sort of idea of what people think that women's underwear should be. Yeah, well, you know, we, we were often, especially in the fundraising journey, we were often pegged as just this niche um, lesbian underwear company. And the reality is that uh, women actually are looking for comfortable underwear. And so it's a, it's a much larger opportunity than, uh, than what a lot of people have, have seen. And I think that that's why we've, we've kind of, come out of nowhere in some ways and people are recognizing that we are actually taking some market share and uh, as we grow and expand and it's really about getting the word out because it's it, we got the fit and quality right we work really really hard to to make sure that we are obsessive about our our fit and our quality and yeah. in the underwear market especially in the women's underwear market that was just that was unheard of uh, you know it was about the external gaze it wasn't about how you felt on the inside. And, and so it's, it's great because um, our, although our core customer is within the LGBTQ community, as well as um, people in the trades that are wearing uniforms to work every day, but also um, uh, in our plus size market. But the reason they're, they're coming back and the reason that they're loving us is because um, they believe in our values. They believe in our fit and our quality. They believe in the sustainability factor of how we do business. They know that, we're working with ethical factories and every stage of the, of, of the process that we, uh, it's our values first. And, mm. um, and I think that's resonating widely. Yeah. You, I feel like I personally can tell when there's value driven businesses that I look at. Um, it makes a huge difference. If you're not just trying to sell something just to buy a bigger house or something, there's a huge difference, right? You can do so many more things when you actually have a purpose and there's some value behind it. Um, and it's just more interesting people, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> and and for for um, my wife and I, and Naomi and I, we it wasn't a, it wasn't even an option not to. Uh, we feel very strongly about uh, uh, about the things we care about, and so in infusing our values into the brand was was uh, absolutely the only option. Hmm. If you could go back. Um, I, I, you know, I know this is a bit of a worn question, but I'd, I'd love to know if you could go back to like 2016, um, what would you tell yourself? Cause I'm sure that there was some sleepless nights and, and it <laughs> hadn't been easy. What, what would you tell yourself? Like getting out of your corporate job and, and, um, I think maybe some people need to hear what, what you have to say. Yeah, it, it is. It is not easy. Um, entrepreneurism is not an easy thing to do. It's incredibly rewarding, but uh, the sleepless nights, the the times where we almost didn't hit payroll, uh, you know, bills coming due, and persevering. But um, I think some of the most important things are, and and we actually learned this early on, is to not ride the highs too high, and because it's too far to come down, mm -hmm. but and also not let yourself get too far down, but just stay stay steady and uh, keep an even keel and just work through it and get through it. And also I think that 
um, some of the things that we've done well is really listening to our customer and that being the, the core focus of why we're here and why we're doing what we're doing. And, uh, and, and I think that that's what's uh, making a big difference for us is our ability to listen and not get stuck in, in what we think is right and, and the way we want it to be. Yeah. And then I also think it's really important to think about your team and, and what your company needs um, for various stages of growth and continually reassessing that as you build and grow. We, on, the, on this podcast, I love tactics. Can you walk me through how, how do you guys go about listening to your customer? Oh my gosh, in a number of ways. Um, I can walk you through an example. We, um, yeah, last right. year, we, we, every month we have our head of customer service uh, presents uh, kind of data that they've gathered from the customer. And one of those things is what is the number one most requested item or clothing or request? Yeah. And, uh, and last year it was, it was um, extended sizing into the five and six X. We carry everything we, we make in extra small through four X. And yeah. so our customer was asking for larger sizes. Mm. We so, just did that same request too. It's coming. Yeah. And so when, when we then took that to the product team and, and we now have an innovation team internally, but at the time took it to the product team and said, this is our number one request. What will it take to make this happen? And so the product team, rather than just going, oh, okay, well, let's just, uh, you know, we'll add a couple of grade levels to our, to our current patterns and call it a day, just do the math. They didn't approach it that way. Instead, what they did was they reached out to our customers and pulled in a, a group for a focus group. And they brought them into the office yeah. and met with the entire product development team and ask them questions like, what's your, what are your biggest pain points? What are you looking for in underwear? What's your favorite cut? You know, do you like prints or patterns? And, um, and, and just really engaged with this group for several hours and then took that information and perfected the, the patterns and then brought them back in for fit testing. Mm. And this is all before it takes us about six months to go through this whole process because we, we have the factory send real samples and we try them on real people. And then once we get the fit right, we wear test them. And oh, so really? then we okay. send them home and they have to wear them for a few days and see yeah. what, you know, what issues there were. And, uh, and, and, uh, and, and so one of the things that we learned, for example, from that is that in the extended sizing, we needed to make our waistband bigger because it was, it was, it was uh, rolling and uh, on the, on the larger sizes. And so oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. increased. So even though it's the same product at different sizes, we've added different things to make it fit. Totally. Totally. And if you try and take, take your, like the sizing that you know, and the, the, the person that you are and try and fit it, well, it's just a bigger size, just grade the pattern, right? right. That doesn't, that doesn't work. <laughs> it does not work. It does yeah. not work. And it's the way it's always been done. Yeah. And, uh, and in fact, and, and, um, you know, it was so important to us not to shame, um, people with different body yeah. types. Yeah, and totally. so it was, it was, it was just, it, of course we were going to do it, but also all at the same price. And when we first started working with our factory, uh, you know, they said, well, this is going to cost more. And it's like, well, we're just going to blend it into the, to overall pricing. Yeah. And they, you know, and they said, well, you, you can't really go above, you know, we're, 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 the model is set to do extra small through large or extra large. And we're like, well, make a new model. So, 
uh, we had to work with them and, and they, they now obviously are making um, all the way up to 6X. So we're pretty excited wow. about that. It just rolled out last month, actually. Oh, amazing. Amazing. That's yeah. great. Yeah. For yeah. people who are, who are listening, go to, it's tomboyx.com. Correct. Tomboyx. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll make sure to drop that uh, at the end of the, the interview as well, but, uh, and then the show notes. Um, interesting. Just sorry to, to step in again here. Um, sure. We looked at our feedback uh, on um, that same, uh, uh, that same going into the um, exercising uh, and very similar feedback, right? Um, yeah. Price, pricing, right? They don't want to be price shamed mm -hmm. um, uh, and thinking that it's, uh, you know, that they somehow have to pay some sort of like extra tax. Right, right. right. Um, and, uh, and then also that the design actually does need to be a little bit different. Um, it can't just be pattern grid. And there's, there's a lot more, right. that we, but I, I love the confirmation hearing that that's what your research team had also found out. Absolutely. And, and we also didn't want there to be a plus size area of on our online store. We didn't want to other, we, you know, my wife and I come from the uh, a community where, you know, we're, um, the LGBTQ community, and we know what it's like to be othered or to be outsiders. And so it was really important to us to, to not, um, not do that to, to other human beings because we are all human. Totally. Imagine doing that on your website, having a different area for people's like sexual preference. Like right. that's, <laughs> this, well, is actually, this, is same a, thing. this is such it's, a valuable conversation. Thank you. Uh, it's it's also around gender. It's, it's, it's gendered as well. Um, and that's why, you know, we're, we are a gender neutral clothing company. And uh, it turns out if you focus on fit and quality, it does work for all body types. Mm. And we have a lot of cis male customers. Yeah. Uh, it's just a, a bigger challenge marketing wise because we're so used to, to gendered things and uh, you know, the pinks and the blues and, the, um, and, and, and looking at our differences rather than our similarities. So yeah. um, uh, we're, we're really proud of the, of the fit. Yeah. I feel like that's a whole nother conversation we could get into with, <laughs> with marketing and branding and the pink and the blue and <laughs> right. <laughs> We've been brainwashed people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, okay. I'm going to ask you the question I have to ask every guest. Uh, sure. What is your secret to scaling? Secret to scaling is team. Uh, really getting the right team in place that have done it before, that, that bring the, uh, especially for a digitally native vertical brand, yeah. uh, that have, have scaled e-commerce companies before. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there there's a been a key employee in there, friend? Sorry head of start. marketing. Head of marketing. Head marketing. Yeah. Yep. Digital marketing that had experience, you know, we grew the company to gosh, over 7 million in revenue uh, without even an annual revenue with uh, no one on the team that had e-commerce experience. Wow. And so when we added, when we kind of noticed or recognized our next phase of growth, what we needed to do was bring in someone that had those, those chops. And so, um, you know, we did bring someone in and, and they helped double that. And then, and then uh, it was time for another level up. And so it's, it's just interesting how, you know, you, if you're evaluating and looking at the business needs at the time, at the moment, and what's going to get you the next 12 or 18 months, that's, that's how you should be thinking about mm -hmm. your business and what your business needs and not get caught up in, in any, anything else if, if you really want to grow it well. And then also 
Um, recognizing opportunities for growth while not losing sight of profitability. So, you know, <clears throat> when you take investment, for example, they want you to grow, grow, grow. Well, we're fortunate in that we've, we've found a, a good um, venture uh, partnership where the focus is grow as you see opportunity, but let's also focus on, on uh, getting profitable on our core. And so that's a very different mindset. And, um, and I think it's how you build a good business. It's one of those things we, oh, I talk about uh, with lots of our clients and, and people that I do consulting with and stuff. Um, we talk a lot about um, incentives, right? If you're not profitable, it's, it's, something, it's something in the back of your mind that you resent your business, right? And you're a slave to your business, right? You're, I've, I've actually, I've had, do you know who Mike Michalowicz is? He's uh, the author of Profit First. No. Um, awesome book. Awesome. Really quick read. Mike Michalowicz, amazing guy. I've had him on here um, to talk about profit first in e-commerce stores. And Great. so his whole, his whole mentality is actually, you pay yourself first before anyone else. And then you figure out how you make it work after that. Right. So you take whatever that is, the 10 or 20% or, I mean, once you scale a little bit higher, it might be a smaller percentage, but, but you take that first. Um, and, and then the rest is left over for your operations and all of that. And you got to make it work with that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it just really, it really differs depending on what you're building and why you're building it. And so, for example, if you are, if you do take investor money, they do want to return on their investment. That's why it's called an investment, not a loan yeah. and, and not a gift. And so, you know, their, they, their incentive to invest is so that you eventually have a liquidity event where they can get their money plus out. And so, you know, they, they want you to focus on growing and, and how you do that. And so not as interested in it, it for example, I can't imagine, um, you know, when we first took money, uh, deciding to pay me and Naomi as opposed to hire some people, which is what we did. We didn't pay ourselves. We actually hired other people. Mm. Um, but we were, but we were intentionally building an investment vehicle, uh, you yeah. know, a company yeah. taking investment. Yeah. If we were building a mom and mom shop all day long, uh, you yeah. know, that, yeah. that is a very different model. Yeah. 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 That's, that's a really good differentiation. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for that. Um, I'm going to, we're going to go to our lightning round here. I'm uh, going to ask you a couple of questions. What is your favorite tool or app that you're using right now? Monday.com. Monday. I'm a Monday user too. Hey. Uh, in both, in both of our businesses, we use Monday and love it. Nice. It took us forever to find it, but we're happy. Yes. Yes. Uh, same, same with us. We went through like every single tool you can think of. Exactly. And it was like oh, Monday. I loved it. It's like, it takes all the, it's so colorful. And exactly. It's visual. <laughs> I can, I can look at it and understand it. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's great. Uh, do you have a favorite podcast? Loose threads. I love loose threads. Um, I've been listening to it for years and it's a, it's a commerce consumer platform uh, based podcast. Next to this one, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's always my favorite answer. Like, hey, what's your favorite podcast? <laughs> Twist, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. um, when, when you were starting this, was there a founder that you looked up to? Or was there somebody who you looked up to and thought like, oh, if they can do it, I can do it? You know, we read a lot of books because again, we didn't know what we were doing. And Damon John's books, uh, those were really helpful. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, the way that he built FUBU, yeah. And, um, 
and just the way he thinks about business. So read a few of his books, listened to a few podcasts and uh, got to meet with him on a Zoom call one time. Oh, nice. And, uh, cool. and then, yeah. And then we watched a lot of Shark Tank in order to kind of get our head around how to think about uh, funding and, and uh, valuations yeah. and all of that stuff. So it, as we were learning and growing, you know, we can write our own book about it now, but at the beginning, we sure didn't know anything. So uh, yeah, so I'd say Dave and John was, was a, a big influence on the way we thought about the business. That's awesome. I actually, I had a guest yesterday who, uh, that was his answer too. Ah, funny. Yeah, yeah, I know. And that's the first time somebody had said that. And I thought, oh, I've got I've to get into Damon John a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. We, we actually have a client who was on um, Shark Tank. Uh, oh, fun. And they, did, they didn't take the funding, but, uh, but uh, they said it was just an incredible experience to get to meet those guys and really got them into that mindset of, um, especially of pitching. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for your time. Where can people find out more about you and connect with you? Yeah, you can go to tomboyx.com and uh, there are lots of different ways to contact us, either through the info at or the uh, help at. And those, uh, those uh, if you want to talk to me directly, you can reach out to that and I'm happy to get on the phone with anyone uh, mm. in, in, part, in part my experience. I, uh, I don't really have answers, but I can just tell you the route we've taken. But uh, also we'd love, love for your uh, listeners and viewers to just go online and and check out the awesome uh, apparel that we make. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I'm actually gonna be sending a lot of people your way who have had that, I've, I've heard this complaint, right? And, uh, and so you guys are obviously solving a big problem. Absolutely, and uh, we're happy to do it. And uh, we hear from customers every single day that uh, how we've impacted their lives. So that, 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 uh, that's a real feel good for us as well. Yeah, that's great. Fran, thanks so much for your time. Thank you, Jordan, take care. Before we end, we just wanted to ask a couple of favors from you. If you enjoyed this podcast, can you please share it with your friends and leave us a rating, especially on Apple Podcasts? That would really help. Also, we have an amazing new free resource for you guys. It's marketing calculators. It'll help you figure out what your break-even return on ad spend is and more. So go to mindfulmarketing.co slash marketing dash calculator to find out more. Have a great week.